0: firefall talk radio rewind hello i'm richard grand welcome to a new show that we're going to be doing here on firefall talk radio called rewind where we take past broadcasts of and reshare them with you more than likely most of these shows will be from past episodes of reflections in the dark if you don't know what that is from 2010 to about 2020, Reflections in the Dark was what I believe the seminal show about the supernatural, the paranormal prophecy. We were one of the first people out there, and we covered it all from a biblical perspective, and we weren't afraid to make it measure up to Scripture and even challenge some of the guests. That we had on the air. If this triggers a renewed interest in you, if you'd like to get back to basics, even with reflections in the dark, you write us. Go to firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button. Tonight we're gonna do one that I had promised weeks ago, but due to the strong winds of Hurricane Ian, many things got delayed, including the rewind of this particular episode of Reflections in the Dark from January 2017 called Strong Winds Blowing. I believe a lot of it is relatable to what's going on right now. Pay attention towards the end. I speak prophecy that some of you have asked me to replay about the Trump presidency and how long it would last and what would come of it. Here it is. I stumbled upon it. I couldn't find it. In setting up this particular episode of Rewind, I heard it again for the first time myself. Hope it blesses you. Like I said, let us know. And without further ado, here we go. Here we are again. Strong winds are blowing in the world. Actually, strong winds are blowing right now. As I came on the air, I got a live tornado warning for Central Florida. So if you you lose us, you'll know why. But welcome to Reflections in the Dark. Crazy week in the world, which I believe is setting the tone for the coming year. But uh, as always, we thank you for listening. And I welcome my brother up there in the Northeast. How you doing, Joe? I am doing great. Um, it's good to be here. Um, and yeah, you're
1: right. I mean, we've got a lot of bad weather coming. Um, some strong winds, some heavy rains, but it's New England. Welcome, everybody, to Reflections in the Dark, where we'll talk about chaos and gargle with maple syrup.
0: Let's do it tonight. And we'll create our own chaos, just in That's case. That's uh, You know, a lot of stuff, lot of stuff happening. Um, and it's interesting... And I'm sorry we couldn't be here last week. Sometimes, sometimes life happens. That's become my expression lately. Somebody says, "How are you doing? What happened?" Life, life happened. So that's that's my answer to everything in this in this new year. Life happens. But right now, the world is happening. A lot, a lot of craziness, a lot of agitation, a lot of agendas playing out. One of them is an agenda of deception. You know, we were warned, biblically, and we don't do a whole lot of Bible stuff here. We, we it, it comes in where it's needed, but we were warned that a time would come when people would not tolerate sound doctrine, accurate instruction, anything that challenges them with the truth of God, that they'll want their ears tickled, they'll want something pleasing, they'll want to accumulate for themselves as many teachers as possible, one after the other, to satisfy their personal desires and support the errors in their beliefs. And they'll turn their ears away from anything that is the truth and wander off listening to myth and man-made fictions and and other things that are biblically unacceptable. And this has been going on since the crucifixion, the resurrection, the ascension. The demonic counterfeit happened almost immediately. Brother of mine wrote me last week and asked me if I knew about the Urantia, U-R-A-N-T-I-A book. And... Interestingly enough, I did. I first heard about it in 1989 when a a friend of mine in New York, I was sharing my testimony with him, and he pulls out this giant encyclopedia-sized book, and he hands it to me and says, everything you want to know is in there. 2,097 pages. So I take it home and I read it. Having come out of the New Age, having seen books like this before, and understanding the deception, I knew it was a lie. So I went and spent a weekend with him in his house in Connecticut, and we went over the book. And I don't think he ever really listened to what I I had to say, but he kind of faded away from the book, like some other people I've crossed paths with. But this kind of deception is not new. Almost immediately, two things popped up in uh, the early church. Something called Arianism, which is attributed to Arius of Alexandria. And the teaching was simply that God the Father was God alone, and that Jesus was a created being. He was not the eternal Son of God. And this was declared heresy at the Council of Nicaea in 325 A.D. and also, again, at the Council of Constantinople in 381. And then we had Gnosticism, which we've covered on this show and on the porch, the Wednesday Night Bible Studies. We know that Gnosticism, Gnosis, Gnosis, however you want to pronounce it, you say tomato, means knowledge. It's, uh, it's an ancient religion, and what it does, it ch- shifts and changes and morphs as it goes down through history. But essentially, it's anything that claims to have claims to have special or secret extra-biblical knowledge. Well, we know that that's heresy. And this book, the Urantia book, fits into the Gnosticism. Now, before I mentioned it to you, Joe, have you, had you ever heard of it before?
1: Honestly, I, I didn't. I mean, I've heard of it, you know, vaguely, never really went deep into it. But uh I will say this, you know, when we're dealing with like extra books that are added or other, you know, scrolls and things that they say they found, and it's usually the Gnostic Gospels in those stuff. It's it's always been subject to me anyway, because as always, as you know, th- there are some truths in there and it kind of keeps you going and, and reading it. Um and, and then there are just things that you detect that's off and you're like, that just doesn't sound right that doesn't make sense almost like there is no way that that is biblical in nature or at least even if it wasn't supposedly added to the Canon or anything like that you just can sense when it's just way off and and that's what I've sensed from that book that it is that it is a little bit off and uh, the good thing about tonight's show is as you know we we research I get a lot of knowledge just by listening, to you, present a lot of these things, and I'm like, wow, I see it in a different light.
0: Yeah, the amazing thing about this book, one of the critics of it says, if you're going to read this book, keep some headache medicine nearby, because it it gives you a headache. And it is, it's that kind of book. And it's so pompous in its approach. it, it, It was written in such a way to not be argued with, wow, this is very intellectual, it must be true. But basically, if you've never heard about it, it's either called The Urantia Book or the Urantia Papers, or the Fifth Apocalypse Revelation. Right, right. Um, Originated in uh, Chicago, first published in October of 1955. They say they don't know who the authors are, but actually we do. Enough research has been done to show who that is. And and just basically the word Urantia, U-R-A-N-T-I-A, is simply the name given to the planet Earth by these supposed celestial beings as they share the story of humankind, the meaning of life, our place in the universe, our relationship with God, and the life of Jesus of Nazareth. But it's a different Jesus that they preach. And, and one of the critics said it's, um, it's a complex moral narrative, equal part Tolkien and St. Paul. So basically, when they wrote this book, or were led to re- write this book by whoever these voices were that they were hearing, as you said... It took a partial truth. It took some elements of the Bible, and and it built this really garish uh, fantasy story around it. And its stated intention was to unite all the religions, science, and philosophy in their efforts to tell this story. They claim that it was authored by celestial beings through an unnamed human subject who channeled the messages in his sleep. The truth is, a prominent Chicago psychiatrist, Dr. William S. Sadler, was one of the people privately transcribing the message. And then in 1923, that's when it dates back to its origin, the original writings, a group of people got together and they studied it and they they created their own little religion around it. What's interesting is who these people are. You have Doctor Sadler. You have his wife, Leona. And their son, Bill. Their adoptive daughter, Emma. And then you have the sister Anna and the husband, Wolfred. But they all have a famous last name, Kellogg. Yes, as in Kellogg's Cornflakes. This whole deception traces initially back to Doctor John Harvey Kellogg of the Battle Creek Sanitarium, who he and his brother William developed the kellogg cornflake company and essentially what they did is instead of tearing wheat up yep they are definitely frosted flakes a little frosted in their brain they created the cornflake thing and they created this whole empire a holistic medicine but they also believed that inspired visions could be channeled through the right religious medium to bring us to god's truth and the medium of this message, whether it was a medium or an extra-large, I don't really know. But the person that did the messages was Kellogg's nephew, Wilfred. So there's something going on here, but there's a bigger deception. All of these people are either excommunicated or former Seventh-day Adventists. Wow. Yes. So in the midst of the deception we have a foundation of corrupt religious beliefs. But we'll just we'll stick with their narrative and tear it apart. So these extraterrestrial beings from other planets and star systems call the Earth Urantia, and they have been observing and guiding the evolution of the planet, claiming Adam and Eve were actually placed here from another planet. Wow. Yeah. 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 That these were advanced creations of specific levels, uh, and that the Christianity distorted the true natures and the teachings of Jesus Christ, and that mankind was now ripe to receive this new revelation. And and my notes were blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Uh, Give me a break. Uh, You know, one of the first things we talked about when we did this show, especially when we were doing other people's shows and, and guests and doing that kind of stuff. Why is it every time an extraterrestrial, an angel, somebody comes from galaxies or planets or other dimensions, and the first thing they want to talk about is our belief in Jesus huh. of Nazareth?
1: Absolutely.
0: Isn't that amazing? It's amazing, and we
1: know they're not gargling with maple syrup. No, but let no. me But let me just say this, though. You know, when I was listening to you talk, I can't help but that movie, and it all ties in. What was the movie with Nicolas Cage? I want to say knowing, knowing,
0: we're knowing. So knowing game.
1: where they tried to mimic the whole Ezekiel's wheel thing at the end and right. a couple little a couple of things that, you know, that that we've seen. And, uh, and you remember the very last scene with the two kids that they've abducted, brought them to this planet, put them on Earth, you know, put them on that planet. And you see them running to the tree and you can't help but put, OK, guess what? That's. That's like Adam and Eve. It's it's There's the but, trade, so I think trade the, knowledge.
0: Right, right. I think that movie, and I'd have to do some research, this book really has put a serious stamp on the knowledge of Hollywood and music, and I would not be surprised that whoever wrote that movie took some of its information from this book because what they claim is this, is that Adam and Eve, these two... I forget the term that they use. from these two beings that were created to do this, were placed here from the garden. And that Eden is a creation from which they could evolve, but then they were kicked out by this trinity of evil, Lucifer, Satan, and another entity whose name I I have further in my notes, who actually played the part of the serpent. And the part of the serpent will be played by it. And they took... All of this information, these beings, obviously fallen angels or demons, and they created a whole false religion around it that is so fantastic and visual, and these people that read it and some of the famous people that promote it, they're just like, oh, my gosh, this is all the answers. It fills in all the blanks, but then never lines up with Scripture. So, But what's interesting about the people that are writing this book, Sadler, Dr. Sadler, Actually, was very serious minister. He studied at the Chicago's McCormick Theological Seminary. He studied with uh, Deal Moody at the Moody Institute. He became a Seventh Day Adventist. He gets you know he moves out. John Harvey Kellogg, the Adventist doctor, gets excommunicated because he doesn't believe in miracles or the atonement, which is a key factor of Urantia. And one of the big things that they believe that is sprinkled throughout this book is eugenics and racial inferiority must be dealt with for man to evolve to the next level. Well, gee, where have we heard that before? Well, a very popular person during the exact same time named Margaret Sanger. Now, when when you follow the thinking and you understand the lies that are coming from the new age about Jesus, when the lines that are coming from all these people, from all these directions, it's like they took the Bible and flipped it on its head, but they left enough in there to confuse you and make you think it's true, which is part of my deception when I went into the New Age, which is uh, Kerry Livgan from Kansas talked about how he got deceived by the book until somebody confronted him with the Bible and in the power of the Holy Spirit and woke him up. But this is a very powerful deception. But when you look at the aspects of, excuse me, eugenics, we get into the serpent seed, which is tied into the story of creation in this book. They don't call it the serpent seed. They call it a mingling. They call it everything but that. And, and when you look at Margaret Sanger, the founder of uh, Planned Parenthood, uh, the proponent of abortion and birth control, nobody wants to admit that her actual intention was the eradication of blacks, immigrants, and ind- indigents who she considered human weeds, reckless breeders, born, been born. That is a du- direct quote from her from a book called The Pivot of Civilization. Another other times, in a book called Women in the New Race, she says the most merciful thing that a large family could do to one of its infant members is to kill it. Yeah, that's some of what we even still see today. But the Seventh-day Adventists and the Urantians have a key belief. And the belief is that Jesus is not God. Never claimed to be God. In fact, Jesus isn't really Jesus he's Michael
1: wow this is getting so crazy but you know what it's getting very 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 familiar to me now that you're saying all this stuff and and
0: here well it, they're not the only ones the jehovah's witnesses believe the same thing
1: i i i'm this is like light bulbs are i mean i'm flashing light bulbs everywhere right now i mean because of the stuff that you're saying and the things that I've heard, you know, throughout the years, whether it was now I didn't know it really so much with the Jehovah's Witnesses. That I knew with the Seventh Day Adventists, but I will I will say this: there is a whole belief system on Michael being Jesus because of a few of the stuff when they refer to him as the Prince, right? And and that's where it's all about. And then when you said that about the other book, the book being. You know, written by celestial beings. I mean, obviously, we know that the majority are going to believe that you know they're, they're aliens or you know from other other galaxies or whatever the case is. But you know something, I can't help but when you think of Enoch and you think of exactly like what some of these you know um, angels have come down to kind of corrupt mankind. It's just so fitting for them to throw into the equation all these different type of gospels and these celestial beings but i gotta tell you that's dangerous ground when you start referring michael and jesus as the same person and they actually in their warped minds if i remember have scriptures that they can cross connect where you would unless you're grounded you would stop and think and say hey wait a minute you know something it does say that he's a prince and there can't be two princes there only has to be one, so therefore there. Yeah, you're absolutely
0: right, which is why I'm going to finish. I'm going to go deeper on this on Wednesday night on the porch.
1: Oh, good. Can't wait for that one.
0: Because when you look at this, the Seventh-day Adventists believe that Michael, the archangel, is uh, Jesus is Michael in human form. The Jehovah's Witnesses, direct quotes from their, from their Watchtower magazines, in 2000, should you believe Jesus is not God, never claimed to be? Jesus can be understood from the scriptures to be Michael the Archangel, Watchtower 1979. Michael the Great Prince is none other, other than Jesus Christ himself, the Watchtower 1984. So there's proof that they believe this. It's key to the Seventh-day Adventure. They believe it. They also believe in something called soul sleep. Mm. But here's a big kicker that you're going to love. Dr. Kellogg, Dr. John Harvey Kellogg, and Dr. William Sadler are both skull and bones. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Now, when you when you look at how this has influenced our society, Norman Lear, who we know he is, writer, producer, all in the family, shows like that, very anti-conservative, anti-Bible, he says, direct quote, if you were still looking for what could fill the spiritual God-leaning gap in your life, the Urantia book might just bring a profound change to your life. Marianne Williamson New Age author of *The Return of Love*, *Reflections of the Principles of a Course in Miracles*, a book she was supposedly channeled. The Arantia book has been very important to me. The material has always fed my hunger for a deeper spiritual understanding of the purpose of life and the best way to live it. Any spiritual seeker is bound to find sustenance here. Sustenance here. Are you doing okay, there, Joe? You're like fading it out. You good?
1: I I I, I am shocked. Because I'm thinking of a lot of the stuff that you're saying, and I'm thinking about you know what their whole belief system is too, and and and, and here's the thing, it, this is the this is the big big clincher right here, because basically the belief that is Michael is called the chief prince of God's uh, of God's people, he's right. also called the protector of the people Israel, right? The Bible teaches that obviously the Lord is the one who protects. Israel. So when they go to um, Psalm 121, my help comes from the Lord, you know, who made and then they they try to rebuttal it. But the point is, that's that's so dangerous, because once again, with the deception in the world right now and how Christianity due to a lot of commercialism has really caused people to waver a lot in their faith all they need is that push over the cliff.
0: Well, there's another big scripture that they use. Okay. When when Michael and, and Satan argued over the body of Moses. Yep. And then Michael did not offer a direct rebuke, he said, The Lord rebuke you. Yes. In the book Your Answer, Seventh Day Adventist, I'm gonna teach on this on Wednesday night, they take that and they twist that as Michael claiming to be the Lord. Ah. Oh. And when you look at that and unfortunately i got to drop this bomb here there is another major religion in the world today that puts michael on a pedestal to be prayed to Mm. that's the roman catholic church yes and i gotta tell you when i watch these shows and they pray to michael my wife can tell you i scream at the tv like where do you get this there's this is not in the Bible. This is a creation by the Roman Catholic Church, 400-and-something A.D. He's an angel. He was spoken into existence by the Lord himself. I will not pray to an angel. But see, this thing has seeped into our society. The woman who wrote uh, the Gnostic Gospels, Elaine Pagels. The quest for God is everything and offers the best the most direct access to the root of the mysteries of the Urantia book. Carlos Santana admits on his Facebook page to read the book. Listen to the musicians, it has influenced their music. Stevie Ray Vaughan carried it around with them. Jimi Hendrix, Jerry Garcia, Janis Joplin. The group, the Moody Blues, and a group in the 70s called Spirit wrote it, recorded a song called Your Rancho, and I remember it, on their 1975 album, The Spirit of 76. Uh, Kerry who we talked about, we saw that video the other day used to carry it around used to proselytize used to lead people into believing the book until uh evangelical fellow rocker from the opening band sat him down and led him to the lord and now he calls it a flat out very dark deception richard what let let me ask you this
1: question what do you really think it is i mean obviously we know there's a deception and and, and we know it's everything that keeps your your mind away from the truth and the Lord. I mean, I, we know that, okay? My question to you is, what is the gain in coming out? Now, now, I'm talking about a spiritual aspect. I'm talking about a humanistic, real approach. What is it that people have an easier time to believe that, say, aliens or celestial beings from whether it's another part of the universe— could have come down to do all these and taught us, and as opposed to believe in beings from another dimension, so celestial in, in nature, still celestial beings, angels, right? To think that that's more of a myth when we seem to have more proof of the existence of God and angels than we kind of really do aliens, as opposed to, I mean, obviously ufos and and those objects we do you know see uh, physically i mean but still i'm talking about the beings themselves what is it that we find it easier to accept that Uh, what is the realism because to me aliens traveling um 300 years light years or however it is to have gotten here um is really so far-fetched that i would believe that beings that can come through dimensions on a spiritual aspect is a lot more realistic in the universe. So I guess, I guess I have a hard time fathoming their, their case for a rebuttal for an argument. I I don't see that rebuttal right now. Matter of fact, the more and more that I hear things in the books that we're talking about, the more I can say that that's further from the truth. I think it's further from the truth now than I probably did 10 years ago or five years ago, I, I can see it more. So now it's, it just, it just baffles me.
0: It's the Bible's too simple for people. It's too simple that a loving God, it's too simple about Jesus sacrificing himself for us and The simplicity of the gospel is too difficult for their minds to accept. And especially when you get into the doctors and the thinkers and the, all the people, no, 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 it's gotta be more than that. It's gotta be much more than that. But The deception gets down to this. They will talk about a Jesus, not the Jesus, but a Jesus of Nazareth. And they will talk about a different Jesus. But the one thing that the Bible does that no other religion does is it draws a line in the sand. Nobody comes to God except through the sacrificial lamb, Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua HaMashiach. That is that line. See, in the Urantia beliefs and all the New Age beliefs, All religions are good. Hmm. They all lead to God. They all get to where you're going. The cross wasn't necessary. You know, just like Oprah and Marianne Williamson. Oh, the cross was just brutal. He didn't have to do that. The bloodshed wasn't necessary, which is key to their beliefs. They don't mind you believing in Jesus. They accept Jesus was a great teacher, that he was born in, uh, they believe he was born in August 21st, 7 B.C. How they came up with that, I have no idea. Uh, that he was educated, he was a skilled carpenter, began his public ministry in 27 AD, and a little more than three years later, he was crucified because of man's inability to understand that he wasn't trying to start a new religion. He was trying to lead us to God, that the sacrifice wasn't necessary, the bloodshed wasn't necessary, that all these Higher level beings like Jesus were created by God to fulfill this event, to bring us to a level, a higher level so that we could reach one of the infinite levels of the universe, the ultimate being the Isle of Paradise, which is the center of universe of universes. And when I read this... They go on pages, and I'm talking pages. There's a PDF copy of the book on their website of all the universes and all the names. You know, they did a lot of what L. Ron Hubbard did with Scientology and some of these other people. They really got into creating the names and the mythology and the visuals and all those things. And they get you to this place where you go, wow, this is, this is this is really interesting. And it's very possible, especially with quantum physics, saying our reality is really just a matrix and may not even be real at all. And then you have fringe Christian teachers talking about the levels of reality and how many dimensions there are. And I got to tell you, I got a, a bad chill down my spine when I was reading what the Oransians teach. And what some of the members of the fringe Christian community are teaching about the universe right now. And my comment to one of these people, very famous person, I don't know if there are seven or 11 or how many levels of the universe there are, how many dimensions there are. I have a hard enough time with the three dimensions we know and the possible fourth dimension that's out there. The the, the big thing is this, the minute we get into that, the minute we go down that road that's extra-biblical, that has no foundation in the Bible, that we can't tie to Scripture like we do with what we believe with SRT and some of our teaching. That's why the book I wrote is so filled with Scripture. They can't do that. Well, this is what the physics say. If we take this Scripture, this is what we think it means. Well, guess what? Now you're you're off down this path here. And I'm not going down that road. I did it with the New Age. I've seen the power of this book with some very intelligent people. They they say the universe is seven levels deep and that we're all evolving. There is no atonement. There's soul evolution that will get us to the isle of paradise at the center of the universe, which is six concentric circles, circles within circles. Wow. That the, there's a father creator, <clears throat> there's an eternal son, and there's an infinite spirit. And they believe in a father God, but the Eternal Son is not Jesus; it's Michael. And let's just go into what they what they they say. They say that Jesus is a son of God. He was born the way he was born to do what he did. But the fact is, he's a human incarnation of Michael, one of more than here we go one of more than seven hundred thousand paradise sons of gods or creator gods. That he is not the, he is not the second person of the Trinity that he did not walk on water, that he did not perform any miracles, that he was not born in a virgin birth, that while, yes, he did have 12 disciples, he also had 12 women teachers, and that he's returned to the world many times and in many other forms in Christ consciousness. This is New Age nonsense. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And, and the whole concept of salvation, you evolve, your soul evolves until you get there. That Christ is the all-sufficient sacrifice. Here's the big one that we're hearing a lot today. We're hearing it from false teachers from within the church. That the blood sacrifice covered it all. It's been done. There is no more sin. That there is no more inborn guilt. That guilt is a matter of personal sin. It has nothing to do with the, what the Bible teaches. And the salvation of your mortals will happen as their soul evolves and that the cruel, ignorant, barbarous, they use that word a lot, barbarous death of Jesus of Nazareth on the cross was absolutely unnecessary.
1: I just don't see any reason, well, I do see it, obviously, you know, as far as the grand scheme of, of uh, not believing who Jesus was, but it just is so mind-boggling that in the midst of all, all this, these beliefs in these other religions still acknowledge Jesus as a person that existed. Right. So it's it's never like they're denying saying oh, Well they Jesus. can't deny
0: history. You see, right. they're very smart. They won't mm-hmm. deny history, but they'll just say what you've been told is a lie.
1: So so they, they, they don't they don't deny and even even pagans and, and people of other beliefs will say the same thing. They'll say, no, I believe Jesus existed. I believe he was a great teacher. Um, you know, he, he definitely right. wasn't from this world. And he's definitely from, you know, where wherever they, they believe that he is. But they won't deny that part. And you're right. History that they can't. But what I find so odd is even though, like, they can't because of history. I, 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 and, and this could be just me thinking crazy. Uh, it almost feels like, even though they can't deny it as far as on a historian level, it almost feels that even in the midst of their beliefs and what they believe, somewhere in the back of their mind, it could be just my, my thinking, there's some sort of fear factor that even though I don't think he was God, I'm kind of fearful to say that he didn't exist. You're almost almost to be in their subconscious minds they still won't deny him and i wonder if that's because of the god code as you talk about that 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 dna that's in all of us to acknowledge the existence of god do you see where i'm going i don't know if i'm right. explaining no, it no, right but I,
0: I get what you're saying because all of the religions We'll accept who he was, that he that he was a great teacher, that he was a prophet, that he was special, but he wasn't the son of God. But what's really amazing to me, if you look at Galatians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, why would Paul, I think that was written about 30 years after the crucifixion, why would people, Why would Paul tell the church in Galatia, even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we've been preached, let him be accursed. Mm, right, right. That means this lie has been around since he walked this earth. Wow. They, were, they knew that they had a combat, people believed. They even admit... They even admit that there was a war in heaven. They even admit that Lucifer was defeated. But how he was defeated is when the Creator's son Michael incarnated on Earth as Jesus. He went to war with Lucifer, kicked him out of heaven. There was massive destruction. They even cre- they even claim that there were war banners. That the banner of, of uh, the Creator's son Michael through. Jesus was uh, three concentric azure blue circles on a white background. Lucifer's emblem was a solid black circle, and in the center was a red one. Oh, here it is: Lucifer and his first assistant warred against his Lucifer and the first his first assistant Satan warred against Michael and the Father, of the Ancient of Days. I mean, they tell you a partial truth. They 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 put stuff in there that sounds biblical. But if you like you said, if you're not grounded in the word, and if you're not confronted with the word, you can't you can't answer it. You fall for it. You know, but the the question is, here we are in January twenty seventeen. That person that asked me if I knew about the book wasn't for him. People hmm. Christians he knew were talking about the book. They were being led to the book by some big name teachers. And I'm thinking, why are people within the church even referencing this book as being possibly true or partially true? I'll tell you why. Because we've entered a time of uncertainty and massive, overwhelming demonic influence. And we saw that this weekend. We saw that with Donald Trump winning the election. He got inaugurated. We saw the effect of the people rioting and fighting and all the countries saying, it. as I watched the, the riots, and I watched the marches, and I watched the perversions, and I watched the debauchery and everything that was being said, it was clear to me that this is demonic, that something flipped in such a way that everybody's agitated both spiritually and naturally. What we're going to what we're going to see, and I'm going out on a limb here, I don't normally do this, and we'll say stuff on the air that I only say privately to other people. We're going into a time where we are going to see agitation and war in the spirit, war politically, war religiously, in a way that we've never seen it before. Because when Trump won and he got inaugurated on, on the 20th, he put a death dagger in the back of the new world order. These people have been planning this change in power. For a very long time, we'll trace it back to the Illuminati. They were planning over the last eight years, America's military had been weakened, our dollar was collapsing. We were going to have to be assimilated by the UN and by the European Union, and we were going to have to ask for help in the case of a war. Overnight, all of that stopped. Now, I do not believe that the powers that be and the spirits behind them are going to take that lightly, and they have it. We're heading into a time where people have been inspired by what took place here in America. All of a sudden, everybody's pushing back. Everybody that was beaten up and quiet, who didn't think they could stop the New World Order, didn't think they could stop the shift in power, was going, wait a second, we can do this too right before our eyes everything that they have been planning for is collapsing and there can only be one response is they're going to fight back in a way that the world never seen before so we're going to see riots we're going to see political leaders worried because the new world order has been delayed and some other thing happened Israel Israel. now has an ally israel has now been strengthened they can't put a dagger in israel anymore either so
1: what, so, so, and I know you've said this before, you've had, when I asked you, well, what do you think Trump sits in all this? Do you think he's part of that whole new world order? And, you know, no, you had said not. it right. You had said, absolutely total not. Opposite. you said, if anything, he probably is detaining everything else from happening right now. He's their hiccup, sort of. speak. The,
0: the people he has surrounded himself with, the things he's saying he's going to do, Moving the embassy, the U.S. embassy to Jerusalem, will effectively stop the splitting of Jerusalem dead in its tracks. That's why everybody's backed off right now. They've got to regroup. Case in point, today's football game, Atlanta Falcons, Green Bay Packers, everybody expected the Packers to go all the way. They weren't counting on the Falcons to have the game that they did, and the Packers got their butt beat. That's what happened politically. Same thing with happened with Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt was a lot like Donald Trump. Came from a rich family, wasn't very well liked, kind of reinvented himself, became this outdoorsman, this hunter, this bull in the china shop kind of guy. Came in and kicked down, you know, kicked down doors, took names, changed things. Of course, they eventually pushed him out. But the fact was, what he did is what Trump's doing right now. Now, I'm not stupid enough to believe that the Rothschilds and the banksters and all those people out there are going to take this lightly and then they're going to sit back and go, I guess we lost. No, but it's going to take them a little while because the American people are awake now. The middle American people, the farmers, the workers, uh, the people in Detroit, even black, white, green, doesn't matter what their color is. They're tired of being broke. They're tired of, of not having jobs. Now the factories are going to be putting back into business, and I think these bankers and all these guys are just sitting back, all these old guys in their wheelchairs, on their life support machines, waiting for the transition and the beings to come into power. I think they're going to say, well, okay, we, we need to, we need to we need to figure this one out we We weren't counting on this, we weren't counting on this, and I think that's why the Lord gave me that word. We just got a three and a half year reprieve. He's going to hold things back, in my opinion, for at least three and a half years before they say enough is enough and they find a way to stop it all. And America's going to pay dearly for the next three and a half years. And when it's all said and done, whatever is left, we'll have to tuck tail and assimilate. But I can tell you right now, I won't be one of those people. So where we are right now in, in, in the timeline of prophecy, I believe the strong, the the strange storm winds are blowing, and they're going to continue to blow for a while, which is why we need to know this stuff. We need to be locked in. We need to be rooted and grounded in word. Our lives need to be in order. Our eyes need to be opened. The media is going to lie to us. You realize, guys, why do you do this? In this digital social media age, you can't play this con game anymore. I was thinking about that today. All the things that we talked about, the taking over the Internet, the shutting down of social media, that won't happen now. The All the things that would have shut up a show like this won't, won't, won't be happening now. Well, it may eventually happen, but it won't happen now. Things shifted dramatically during this last election. Things that we thought were written in stone and were going to happen that I even think the fallen, that's why they're so riled up right now. This was not in their schedule. This little blip in their schedules got them enraged. So what do they have to do? They have to go back to the old serpent in the garden routine. Get people to look at this book. Get people to look at other things. Start believing all these preachers that don't say there's no hell. There, there was no need for atonement. The cross was unnecessary. The Man did that. God is love. He's not going to judge anybody. Nobody's going to hell live the life you want to live it's good because when he died on the cross all sin was covered
1: it really gets so intricate on on many levels when you tie in what's happening in the world now along with prophecy what we're seeing how these books are just continuously surfacing just like the books of, what was it, Judas? In, in oh Jesus. yeah, all uh, the, the lost I mean, Gospels, right. This, right, think about it. It has been an onslaught of trying to mock Jesus, mock the Bible, mock the truth of it. And you know something? I think you nailed it in the beginning of the show. It's so simple that it has a complicated this world. It's so simple and if we could just wake up, which used to we used to have that as our song, Thanks. If we could just wake up and see the simplicity of it, that it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be when you see these these teachers go up on there and they're powerpointing and they're they're breaking down scripture and they're breaking every little single word down just to try to prove that it existed and what does this mean and what does that mean? And you have the scholars that are coming out. You have all these things that are happening and yet yet and yet, to enter the kingdom of heaven as a child, it is so simple, and we just complicate it. And that's and that's where the devil is winning through that complication, through that knowledge, through that demonic knowledge that's happening. And it just it just mind blows, blows me. It just blows me right out the water when I think of that. When I think of the books and just where we've come and and where we've gone. And
0: this election was an in-your-face to the global elite and the powers that be. Him winning was an in-your-face. The people he, he destroyed two political family dynasties. I mean, when you look at it, and that's why the attacks are so vicious, and they're gonna dig up, you know, he he passed gas in an elevator in 1972. (laughs) Uh, Who cares? Who cares? They're going to dig up anything that they possibly can because, like I said, they they didn't they didn't have a plan for this. I think the New World Order just got set back three to four years, maybe eight. I don't know. I don't. I believe it'll only be what I was told, three and a half years. But the fact is that there will be no shutting down of America anytime soon.
1: Okay, so let's 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 talk prophecy. I mean, obviously, we don't know when the Lord is going to return. Okay, but let me just say. All this is what's happening politically and what's going on that we see, right? Does it have any, any, um, I don't know how to say it. Does does this post, what I guess what I'm trying to say is could the Lord return within these four years? Or yeah, Well,
0: I don't believe it'll be these four years. But here's, okay. see, I think Trump is the best thing that could have happened. I also think he's the worst. See, I'm a street fighter. I grew up on the streets of New York. I used to be bullied. I used to be picked on. I remember the the first time one of the bullies in in Catholic school, uh, the teacher put him in charge. I said something he didn't like, and he pinned me against the blackboard. And for the first time in my life, something welled up inside of me, and I hit him with the right cross. And it shocked and... We were going to go at it, and somebody stepped in, and he backed up. And he and I always had an adversarial relationship and eventually came back and had to be settled, and I took took care of business. But the point being was the shock of me fighting back caused him to back up, but it also caused him to look for a way to destroy me. We we had a, a respect, but the respect was uh, both of us are going to get hurt. Even if one of us wins, one of us, we're both going to lose. So we, we, it, it took about two to three years before we finally went at it. But by that point, I'd gotten much bigger and I'd been bodybuilding and doing all that stuff. didn't work out so well for him because he stayed the same size he was in eighth grade. But my, what I'm seeing here is with everything that's happening with us and everything that's going to happen in Israel and the strength of Israel now with us at their sides and everything that we're going to do, it's going to force the hands of all the other countries. It's going to force them to make a move that they thought that they wouldn't have to make, that everything would just be given to them. The, the the worst enemy you can have is a wounded enemy. And right now, they're wounded. Well, I have to tell you,
1: what I've learned on this show tonight is the very fact of we've got the postponement within the presidency that may throw a wrench in certain things as far as what the the new world order and going into that motion it's trump is definitely disrupting the system in in that way running also alongside is the constant pounding of this alien type of gospel and the denying that jesus is not who he said he is was and is i think those are both stalemates that is probably going to carry us over at least, like you said, through the next four years plus before we actually see something. That's, a, you know, that that's how I feel, and that's that's what I've learned tonight. That could the enemy, like you said, it's it was it's good to have Trump in. In one aspect, is, it, is not could the enemy have fought some
0: time with Trump? Well. We're going to find out. I mean, I went out on a limb here and said a lot of things I don't normally say, but I feel strongly enough about it to say it. But I think that's what these shows are going to be about in the coming year. I think that's why our quest to get out there and get this documentary done is vital. I can tell you right now, I haven't put them down on paper, but I, I now have plans for three documentaries. It's time to hit the devil. We're going to go over a little here. I don't care. It's time, now that we have stood up, not that you and I and SRT and others like us haven't stood up. But now that the church is awake, now that America's awake, those that have the same values and the same belief system, it's time to knock this thing out. Kind of like I described with that bullying class. I shocked them when I hit them back, and it was two to three years later I had to finish the job. But by time, by the time that time came, I was ready. I believe it's time. And I believe that we're ready. And it's time to shine the light. It's time to expose the paranormal lies and the aftermath of all these people that asked for help and didn't get any. It's time to shine the light into that darkness and expose everything that is to be exposed. And if the enemy wants a battle, so be it. And I think that's a great way to end the tonight. I have
1: nothing to say on that other than I... I fully agree with everything that you've said there and that's that's going to be where we're going this year and what we're doing at SRT and and what our belief system is. There is no compromise and we are going to continue to shine the light and pound the enemy.
0: There you go, brother. Hey folks, if you have questions go to uh, FirefallTalkRadio.com, SupernaturalResponse.net. Uh, you want to edify us, This Facebook, this Twitter, there's all these places. You want to tell other people about us, it can be downloaded. Uh, you can share it. Let's get the word out there. Let's get people ready to stand up and do what needs to be done. And we're going to shine the light into the darkness, and we're not going to stop. I'm Richard Grunt on behalf of Joseph Trone, SRT. This has been Reflections in the Dark on Firefall. Talk Radio.